Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're grateful for this opportunity to bring you a message of hope, healing, and life transformation today. Enjoy the message. Well, guys, we are going to be concluding our series today called The Blessed Life. And this was the series uh, that from the beginning, I've told you that this has been written, recorded, and published all over the world from a pastor by the name of Pastor Robert Morris out of Gateway Church. And it's all about stewardship. And how many know, knows this one thing, that if we will learn to give, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. And can I tell you, I'm proud of you. You guys are doing it. You're stepping up. You're stepping out in faith. And you're trusting God, right? You're trusting him. And we're seeing it happen right here, right before our very eyes. So come on, give somebody a high five and say, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. So I want you to grab your copy of God's word. And I want you to turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and these are six verses that we're going to be kind of unpacking here today. And it says this, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to a town called Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, he went to that place. And there they made him supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with them. How many like to sit with your miracles? Come on, and sit and just, just be in company with miracles right before your very eyes. Verse three, then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. Now, how many of you ladies would go to Macy's and buy some spikenard? I dare say that any, any of you ladies, it's always, oh, I got to get some of that spikenard. It is so good, right? <laughs> spikenard. She anointed Jesus's feet with this spikenard. And then on top of it, she wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, how many knows there got to be Somebody. There gotta be somebody. One of the disciples, his name was Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would actually betray Jesus, said, to the, said this, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and actually given to the poor? And this he said in verse six, not that he cared for the poor, but actually he was a thief because he had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. Now today as we go on here, there's going to be a couple questions that we're going to try to answer today. And one is this, why in the world would Mary give such an extravagant gift or a generous gift? Why would she do that? And the second question we're going to try to answer today is why in the world would Judas be hacked off about it? Right? Why would he be mad about it? You see, when we think about both of these hearts here, there are two different, two different things that are going on in two different people. There's a heart of just generosity, but there's also a heart of selfishness. But notice this, that giving actually revealed what was in each person's heart. 
You see it? Come on, someone talk to me here today. So the title of this message is actually in the form of a question that only you can answer for yourself, and it's this. Am I generous? Am I generous? So today we're gonna give you three truths about generosity as we conclude this sermon series today. The truths about generosity. The number one is this. Generosity has an enemy and its name is selfishness. How many know we are all born selfish? We are all born selfish. We can go right here in the nursery and you'll see, right? That's my toy. That's mine, mine. You go back to the office and Pastor Lori, she's just like the, the resident dealer of suckers. And so now all, how many, I saw some laughing going on right here. Pastor Lori's back there handing out suckers and she's like, the first one's free, right? And so she's giving out suckers and it's, no, that's mine, that's mine. That's the color that I wanted, right? We were all born selfish, but can I tell you, we were born again generous. We're born selfish, but we're born again generous. And that's good news. Simply, we've got to do this. We've got to renew our minds and our hearts. God wants us to grow out of this childlike behavior, doesn't he? That's why God is the one that says, listen, when he refers to the tithe, he's saying, that is mine. Don't touch it. It's mine. So this is an amazing story in John chapter 12 when it talks about Judas when he says, why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? And here's what you have to understand. That kind of thinking was originated with Judas. Why wasn't that sold and given to the poor? And we do it a lot, friends. And I'm going to get to the nitty gritty here today, all right? So it can be either really quiet or you can be like, you know what? Amen, bald man. You know, you got it going on, right? You can be like that. But we do it a lot when we perceive extravagance from someone else. Don't we? What's extravagance? What is extravagance? Well, the easy answer is this. One who has more than you. Do we not do it? Man, that's extravagant. Did you see that house? Man, that, that, yeah. You get people around us talking with us, right? Chit-chatting back and forth. Man, have you seen that? Have you seen, have you seen that ring on her finger? Uh-huh, ladies just woke up in the room right now. Uh-huh, have you, guys are like, what, what? You seen that car they're driving? Man, that's extravagant until you get a raise and you move into that neighborhood. And then that, that neighborhood is no longer extravagant, but that one over there, you see how it shifts? We always want to point to someone else so we don't have to point at ourselves. Come on, this side's louder than this side over here. Come on, this is, this, is a, this, is, this is one of those interactive things. Well, the writer of this sermon, Pastor Robert Morris, he was, he was driving through town one day and he was driving with, a, going to lunch with another local pastor. And as they're cruising along, they, they drive past a really nice neighborhood, right? And the other pastor in the car says to him, good grief, good night, look at that house. And Pastor Morris said, 
yeah, they, they, that's a nice house. They actually go to our church. They're extremely generous people. And all of a sudden, something comes out of this other pastor's mouth that if someone could help me with the spelling of this word, I would greatly appreciate it. He said this. Does anyone know how to spell that? I see you're trying to figure it out right now, right? Hooked on phonics. He, he was like, they ought to sell that house and give it to the poor. Well, if you followed in uh, Pastor Morris, listen, you don't mess with the boy. He grew up as a drug addict and a drug dealer and God redeemed him and set his life apart. But he looked in that car as he's driving along. He looked at that and he said, are you serious? If you really cared about the poor, you'd sell your house and you would sell your house and give it to the poor. You don't care about the poor. What are you talking about? He said, listen, Judas is the one who actually made that statement, the one who betrayed Christ. I bet that was the quietest lunch <laughs> ever, right? It's crazy the way we think. And many times we come up with these crazy conclusions and solutions that those people, well, they're not really doing what they're supposed to be doing. But really, we don't have a clue. We don't have a clue what other churches and other visions and other ministries are doing. We just say that so we can avoid looking into our own lives. Come on, someone talk to me. Looking into our own lives and examining our own hearts. Well, another interesting thing about that passage in Luke is it said that, that Judas actually had the money box. Now, listen, this was, an, this was an offering box because people gave offerings to them, right? What's interesting is the fact that Jesus was the one that gave him the money box. And someone will say, well, how do you know that? Well, isn't he the leader of the pack? Right? Isn't he the leader of the crew, Jesus? Do you think that Jesus knew that Judas was a thief when he actually gave him the money box? <laughs> well, sure he did. Two years before that, Jesus said, did I not choose you 12 and one of you is a devil? He knew, friends. Well, why, did, why would Jesus do that? Why did, I'll tell you why he didn't do it. He didn't do it for, for Judas to fail, but he gave him an opportunity to actually pass the test. To pass the test. You see, God is testing all of us. Not tempting. There's a difference, friends. He's testing all of us. God tempts no one, but God will test us in our finances and he gives us all an opportunity to do what's right. Now listen, it's interesting that God says in, that, that Judas was a thief, but in Malachi, as we go back a couple more weeks, in Malachi, God says that people who don't tithe are actually stealing from him. Listen, it can get real quiet in here today, but I, I, I wanna know, we, we got a box. We got a box right back there, right behind, on the, on the wall with Greg. Greg's just standing there, right? We got a box back there. We've, we've got ushers that are standing at the door with, with baskets there. We've, we've got uh, online, like 
giving apps. You can go on our website and you can give. But here's the question. Would any of you, if no one was looking, go back there, break into that box and steal any of the money there? Probably not. Would anyone, when, you know, Ron is looking the other way and he's holding the basket, would any of you be like, hmm? Would anyone do that? Any takers? Would anyone uh, break into the servers and try to manipulate the banking system to get that shifted over to your Swiss bank account, right? Would anyone ever do that? No, I would dare say no, that the answer would be no. But here's another question of the same value. Would anyone keep money in their accounts that actually belongs to God? Wouldn't that be the same thing? Right? It's, it's the, the, the cricket effect, right? Right? We're like, uh, right? So the first truth about generosity is this. Generosity has an enemy, and that name is selfishness. But truth number two about generosity, generosity is extravagant. Generosity is extravagant. How many believe that God is a generous God and that he gave an extravagant gift? I can prove it. For God so loved the world that he, his one and only son, right? And there's several extravagant gifts that are displayed in God's word. Um, in today's economy, King David gave uh, uh, about $21 billion to the construction of the temple. Did you know that? King David, 21 billion. The widow gave two mites. You can think of it like two pennies. That was extravagant for her. It was not the amount, friend. It was the attitude behind the amount. We just read it in this, this story about Mary. Mary gave anointing oil to Jesus that cost 300 denarii. That is plural of uh, the word called denarius. And it actually meant a day's wage. So you would work approximately 300 days a year. So it was common language that this bottle of perfume cost about a year's wage. Now, let me ask you this. Would a year's salary, you working 300 days, whatever it is, if you gave all of that in one lump sum, would that be extravagant? Yeah, it absolutely. Would, would it be extravagant if it was poured on somebody's feet? And that's exactly what she did. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse five tells us this. Remember, it's all about the heart. They first gave themselves to the Lord. You see, if God doesn't have your heart, he won't have your money. Come on, talk to me here today. Say, all right, Pastor, amen, I'm with you. Come on, wave at me. Someone, if you don't want to say nothing, just wave at me. Let me know you're not falling asleep. If God doesn't have your heart, he doesn't have your money. Jesus said this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, when God gets our hearts, he is going to get our treasure. 
Now, when we talk about giving, we talk about tithe, there, there's three different levels of giving, if you can look at it like this. There is the tithe, which we're talking about, that's 10%. There's offerings that's above and beyond, and then there's extravagant offerings. And every offering that you see in God's word is gonna fit into one or, or land in one of these three categories. But here's, here's some modern day facts, friends, for you right now. Most Christians never get to the first level of giving. It is estimated that between five and seven percent of people who actually call themselves Christians tied last year in the entire world. Is that not astounding? So think about it. 93 to 95% of all believers never get to that first level of giving. But here's the good news, friends. If you ever get to the first level, you'll get to the second and you'll get to the third. Why? How do you know, how do you know this, Pastor? Because the first level breaks the curse, Amen. right? It opens the windows of heaven, and we learned this a couple weeks ago. He rebukes the devourer. He rebukes the devourer. Everybody with me? Come on, just one, one clap of your hands, just one. All right, all right. I feel like I'm in kids' church. This, the third truth about generosity is this. Generosity is a reward. It's a reward. This same story that we read in John chapter 12 is actually found in Matthew and also in Mark. And if we read Mark chapter 14, verse 9, it says this. Assuredly, remember it's talking about Mary, the one who poured the oil upon Jesus' feet. And I would have a hard time wiping his feet with my hair, right? I don't I, I don't know how that's going to work, right? But it says, assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, that this woman, what this woman has done, will also be told as a memorial to her. How many have ever heard the song Alabaster Box? There's been songs written. There's been movies that have been created for this. Friends, she was rewarded. Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this is gonna be told. She got a reward, but here is the thing, friends. She didn't come to get a reward. She simply came to give. But why in the world would that make Judas so mad? Why would, it, why would it be such a, 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 a grunt in his, in his spirit? Friends, we know that he was, he was, he was a thief and he stole and he, it was all about the money to him. But can I just stop right here and express to you that your giving is an act of worship? And there are times when you come into this place that someone may look at you because of your style of worship and someone across the room is getting themselves all worked up and look at them over there. Friends, can I tell you, keep your eyes on your fries and worship your creator like it's the last moment that you ever have. Stop looking at other people. Keep your eyes on him, friends. You don't know you don't know that the person next to you 
You don't know the miracles that have just happened in their life. You don't know how grateful that they are. You see, why didn't Mary give such a generous gift? I'll tell you why. Two months before this, her brother was dead. Lazarus was dead. And they were weeping and they were crying and he had been in the tomb and Jesus walked up and he said, take the stone away. But they're saying, Lord, it's not gonna be good if you take that stone away. He said, take it away. And he stood up there right at that tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Why did he say just Lazarus? Because if he would have said, come forth, everybody in that tomb would have come out. That's the power of our God. That's what he is able to do, my friends. You see, she was grateful and generosity comes from gratitude. Grateful people are generous. Listen, if one of your family members were raised from the dead, would you be grateful? Come on, wouldn't you be grateful? Wouldn't that change the way you came to God and you gave to God and you worshiped him? But let me remind you, friends, All of you who believe in Jesus, that you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you were raised from the dead too. Hello, come on, someone talk to me today. Ephesians said that we were all dead and buried in our trespasses and sins. He actually made us alive. We were buried with him and we are raised to new life. You see, Mary did not come to be rewarded, but God did reward her. God will always reward generosity. (laughs) What is generosity? When you give and expect nothing in return. What selfishness, hear me, when you give and you think that God actually owes you something. Hebrews says it best. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. In other words, it can't be done. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, God rewards the attitudes of your heart. So the question today, I'm going back to the beginning, the question of the day that only you can answer for yourself is this. Am I generous? Thank you so much for tuning in to the message. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. You can also stay up to date on everything coming up by checking out limafirst.church and hitting the events tab. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future LFC content. We'll see you next time.